0: It's time for Midday. We had a good 4th of July weekend. Tyler Cavalli along with you, filling in for Scott Foster for the week. Susan Littlefield here in just a couple of moments. But also joining us is Jason Jorgensen and Bob Rogan. We'll get to those fellows here in a moment. But Susan, we have coming up for us this afternoon?
1: Good morning, Tyler. Here's what's happening on the Midday from the farm team. We're going to kick it all off at 1219 as Bryce talks about the Nebraska Pork Expo as we get comments from A fans, Will Keech. Then at 1245, I speak with Dr. Bruce Anderson as he is officially retired from the university and the Hay and Forage Minute. We'll take a step back in history as he talks about the report. And then earlier today, President Trump addressed those in agriculture through our National Association of Farm Broadcasting. We'll hear the president's comments on a variety of issues, including regulatory relief and COVID-19. That's all coming up on the midday on this Monday from the Farm Team.
0: Thank you very much, Susan. Jason Jorgensen is joining us for sports. How was the fourth? Did you have? Do uh, you sell all ten digits? I do.
2: I kind of delegate the fireworks. Uh, there's enough people lighting them off in my neighborhood. Uh, you
0: don't even feel it to do it.
2: Bought a few for the grandkid this year. So yeah, there go. Uh, some sparklers, but, yeah. some those snaps, sparklers, snaps, and some snakes. Uh, we had a discussion in the newsroom. They didn't think you could buy snakes anymore, but you can.
0: Well. If I'm going to be honest with you, this is the first year I've ever seen snakes. I've had all those other fireworks, but snakes, never heard of them until this past weekend. And then I looked at them and I'm like, "Those are the waste of fireworks." So I I'm, have just no saying, words. I'm just You've saying, I'm
2: just saying have never seen st- <laughs> No. Wow.
0: No, we didn't have snakes. We had the big fireworks. We didn't need no snakes. You anyway, said so much to learn. <laughs> I grasshopper. know. I know it. <laughs> What do you have coming up in sports?
2: We're talking about the Shrine Bowl. They're going to try to pull this off on Saturday in Kearney. Players and coaches reported camp today will hear from one of the local kids who will be involved. Also, uh, they made it official. Scott's Bluff is once again going to host the Western Nebraska All-Star Volleyball and Football Games later on this month on July 24th. Now, in the past, these games have always been played on a Saturday. This time around, they will be played on a Friday, and you have the East versus the West. Mm-hmm. number of local kids will be involved. We will give you the lowdown on that. And uh, for whatever it's worth, Nebraska football coach Scott Frost picked up another verbal commitment over the weekend. Latrell Neville from Missouri City, Texas, announced his plan to sign with the Huskers. Now, his grandpa, now I don't know if you're familiar with his work or not, but his grandfather, Aaron Neville,
0: okay. fantastic singer a little before your time. I've heard of him but I can't <laughs> if you had to ask me to name a song I couldn't do it for you. Great duet album with Linda
2: Ronstadt back okay. in the late 80s. Okay. Early in the, killer killer stuff.
0: What's one of the What's one of his most popular songs?
2: Oh, the, the duets with Linda Ronstadt.
0: Just any of those And songs,
2: he God. covered a lot of stuff. But his grandkid can play football. He had more than 40 offers, and he's given Nebraska a verbal commitment.
0: Well, and I have a lot of hype with this guy coming in. A lot of hype with this kid overall, so we'll see. But he's yet to visit. He was at Virginia
2: Tech. He committed to Virginia Tech, and now he's a Husker for today.
0: And we don't know if he can sing or not. no. <laughs> Bob is in. Bob, how was your fourth? And uh, stocks are doing okay here so far this afternoon?
3: Fourth was good, and um, lots of uh, fireworks, uh, enough for the whole town just on my street. And snakes. Did you have snakes, too? No no snakes. snakes. Uh, Lots of other things. Uh, You know, I was waiting for the real fireworks to be brought out, but they never were brought out. But anyway, stocks are higher today, and the Dakota Access Pipeline has been ordered shut down.
0: All right, very good. Thank you. All that's coming up. Time to look at weather. But before we do, as Paul Perkins is just joining me, some sad news in the, the world of country music. Charlie Daniels has died at the age of 83, apparently a stroke.
4: Yes, uh, that's what his uh, family is saying and is uh, t- with his team at passing away at the age of 83. And mm-hmm. just last year, I went to his concert when he was incarnated. The right. weekend, Weekend of Memorial Day. So. How was
0: that concert?
4: Uh, pretty good. You know, he was playing like his early 80s, but he still, you know, for a guy in his early 80s, yeah, he right. still had a lot of energy <laughs> going and stuff. I mean, so, and he was still picking that fiddle like just like ever. So, uh,
0: Sad news, obviously known for The Devil Went Down in Georgia. But for me, one of my favorite songs of his is the long-haired country boy. <laughs> But uh, sad news today. Uh, Charlie Daniels again passing away at the age of eighty three today.
4: And because of that, uh, I I voice track our. our, 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 I'm on the host. uh, I'm the host for our uh, classic country Mm -hmm. station, Mm Cami Country, from two until seven. We'll be playing some. Uh, Charlie Daniels too. has a few more for today because of that. So perfect.
0: Well, sad news in country music today. Uh, what do we have for weather? Are we going to see some? Uh, are we going to see some precipitation
4: or not likely? Not looking too promising. There is a chance during the midweek of some precipitation, but chances are it's not going to amount to a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Basically, we're headed into a typical July pattern here across the area. Right now, most of our temperatures on into the low to mid 80s across Nebraska and northern Kansas. Already touching at 90 in northeast Colorado towards Ray, colorado it's also humid as you probably have noticed dew points right now in the upper 60s to low 70s as high as 74 right now on the dew point in the aurora area and anytime it gets above 65 on that dew point that's when you really start feeling the humidity when you figure up the temperature with the humidity it's making it feel right right now like it's in the upper 80s to low 90s especially in central and eastern areas as warm as 93 currently in the omaha area. i can and feel it annex.
0: this morning walking yes. in about eight nine <laughs> o'clock this morning
4: i'm like goodness gracious and even in, in here in this yeah. room it's a little uh it's a little muggy yeah the will. air conditioner <laughs> having a little more of a challenge today that's for sure and plenty of sunshine just some patchy clouds here and there both today and tomorrow looking at sunny with seasonal to slightly above average temperatures thanks to a ridge of high pressure building north from arizona and new mexico during the the peak evening of this afternoon, some isolated thunderstorms are possible over southeast Nebraska into central and east Kansas. Basically from Kansas and or make, basically from Hastings, it points to the south and east. The potential for more active weather for Wednesday and Thursday with an area of low pressure tracking across the northern plains. Just ahead of cold front on Wednesday, our temperature is about 5 to 10 degrees above normal. Late Wednesday afternoon through Wednesday night, thunderstorms will develop along the front as it pushes to the southeast, and we could see some strong to severe storms. Thunderstorms will diminish early on Thursday before more storms are possible in the late afternoon and night of Thursday with the disturbance moving in from the west. Behind that front, our temperatures on Thursday and Friday back to seasonal, but then by the weekend, the ridge of high pressure over the desert southwest pushes back to the north. Our thunderstorm chances will decrease and temperatures will warm back into the 90s. In the long-term forecast, above-normal temperatures remain very likely for Nebraska, Kansas, and much of this weekend through July 19th, especially actually in those later periods. The above-normal temperatures will be here when we start to see our warmest temperatures of the year. Mid-July daytime highs in central Nebraska, usually in the upper 80s with average overnight lows in the low to mid-60s. To go along with that heat, unfortunately, the likelihood of below-normal rainfall this weekend through the 19th in Nebraska, Kansas, and much of the central and eastern U.S. Key weather factors impacting market trade include only light rain for the eastern Midwest and useful rain in the northern plains in the eastern Corn Belt. Very warm and dry weather causing some problems with soil compaction, especially where corn and soybeans germinated when soils were soggy. The eastern Midwest will only see isolated showers this week along with above normal temperatures. The pattern will also be stressful to pollinating corn. Western and northern areas of the Midwest will have a higher chance for rain to benefit crops. In the northern plains, there was moderate to heavy rain in most areas over the weekend, supporting good soil moisture where they occurred. Additional rain predicted this coming week. Delta and southeast crop areas will have periods of thunderstorms through the week, which will maintain the... Favorable crop prospects. Southern Plains crop areas had rain during the weekend, including the Texas Panhandle. That likely delayed some of the remaining wheat harvest, but is good for developing corn. Showers will linger across Texas through Wednesday. In the Black Sea region, western parts had periods of rain this past week. While hot and dry conditions covered eastern crop areas, the very warm to hot and dry weather. Favorable for harvest, but a cold front for tomorrow through Thursday will offer only light showers in Ukraine. Russia looks to have no appreciable rain. So it's going
0: to be hot. We're not
4: going to see a lot of precipitation. It's going to be muggy. That it's basically the theme for a long time. Exactly, and it's uh, for those with the air conditioning, with uh, uh, pivots and irrigation, yes. uh, feel fortunate because it's looking very dry all the way. You know, now we're looking at two thirds of July above normal temperatures and below normal rainfall mm, right now. Not good. I, no. We
0: were back west this weekend, and it was dry out there. You know, way out in the Panhandle, and it was a little muggy, which is uh-huh. rare, obviously, out there. And we were driving back last night, and we rolled down the windows As soon as we pulled off in <laughs> Kearney, you just feel it instantly. So it's going to be a buggy. It's going to stay that way for a while.
4: Exactly. Thank you very much, Paul. Where do you go to get your weather? WeatherTap, KRVN.com. Thank you very much. District.
5: The Nebraska Pork Expo has gone virtual for 2020. On the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bryce Duskett reporting. The Nebraska Pork Expo webinar is set for Wednesday, July 8th. Anyone interested or involved in pork production is welcome to attend this program. The event is sponsored by the Alliance for the Future of Agriculture in Nebraska, or AFAN, the Nebraska Department of Agriculture, and the Nebraska Pork Producers Association. Will Keach, Director of Livestock Development for AFAN,
6: discusses the decision to proceed online. So it was something we weighed for a time. Obviously, uh, things started to shift pretty significantly in March. And, uh, you know, we we're visiting with our sponsors, visiting with the other organizations that we produce this event. And we realized there was still a demand for it. It, it was still important that we get these continuing education opportunities out there and that we allow our sponsors an opportunity to promote their companies. Uh, but just looking at you know what the current situation is and the unknowns going into the summer, uh, we decided to shift to a virtual format for 2020.
2: Well, tell us some of the details of this year's Expo. It will be held on Wednesday, July 8th. Uh, what's going to be involved with the virtual program?
6: So it's going to be a day-long program. It's going to be a series of webinars. And we've been fortunate to keep the majority of our agenda Intact. So in the morning, we've got a, a panel of economists and finance profession, professionals going to give some of the latest information on the economic side of the pork industry, as well as some conversations with some of the lenders throughout the state who can visit about the things that they're seeing in the market. Uh, we've got a panel of integrators, some folks that are doing business in the state, looking to expand in the state. And one of the highlights is we have Kerry Horacek, uh from the University of Nebraska um, in the Engler program there who's going to give a presentation on uh, Generation Z and marketing to younger consumers.
2: So, Will, uh, based on the agenda that you went through there, it's, it's, you can tell you've
5: got information for about everybody, but who's the ideal person to sign up and, and be part of this free webinar?
6: So, really, there, there's two targets. One is current pork producers. Um, In addition to some of the things we highlighted, there is going to be a secure pork supply training session that will take place during this. And there's also a lot of great uh, programming and information for folks that may be new to the industry that may be looking to expand into pork production. As I mentioned, we have a number of integrators that are looking for contract producers in the state. Uh, So there'll be some great presentations by those folks and some some great information for, for folks new to the industry as well. And where's the best
5: place to go if people are interested in signing up for this?
6: So you can go to our website at becomeafan.org. There's a full agenda on there. There's a link to register. And the best part about it is it's free to attend.
2: And finally, Will, uh, you know, a lot of times these kinds of events, when you go virtual, you might draw in a little bit different of a crowd. Are you guys anticipating that or uh, seeing uh, kind of the direction being uh, the same people you targeted over the past few years?
6: You know, we're really excited about the virtual format. We can really expand our reach. Obviously, um, our focus is here in Nebraska, but with, with going virtual, we think we'll be able to draw in people from around the region and perhaps those folks that wouldn't have the time to, to come to a one- or two-day-long conference that can sit down for half a day on their computer and view this information. And it's also important to note that all of this information will be, uh, will be digitalized and available uh, permanently on our website, in the future
5: and that website where you can learn more and register for this event happening on wednesday july 8th is become a fan.org i'm bryce Duskit reporting on the rural radio network from the nebraska soybean board studio this report is brought to you in part by nebraska soybean farmers and their checkoff
0: It's time for Midday Sports. Our own Jason Jorgensen is joining us. And well, Jason, it's always fun when we can talk football on the air coming up this weekend, and especially during these crazy times of COVID-19.
2: Crush fingers, there will be a Nebraska Shrine Bowl. <laughs> Players and coaches arrived for camp today. They have shortened camp a little bit. Also, they have uh, added some kids to the roster. Normally, I think it's 35 kids to the roster this year. 45. Mm. One of them is Kozad's Nathan Breon. He's the first haymaker. Picked to play in this game in five years, and he says it's quite the honor.
6: Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, I take a look back at all of them, and it's just like, wow, I'm being put in the same category as these guys. It's crazy to think about.
2: Breon helped Kozad qualify for the Class C-1 state playoffs last season, and he will attend Southeastern Community College in Milford this fall and major in building construction technology. My entire interview with him can be found on the podcast page, krvn.com. It'll be a scorcher on Saturday in uh, Carney. That's one of the drawbacks of them having to push this game back to July.
0: There's no trees really around that area. The buildings are far enough away where there's not going to protect any of that. And then on the turf, oof, you're going to be sweating out
2: there. Yeah, kickoff 2 o'clock on Saturday if you can't make it. We'll have it for everyone on 880 KRVN along the Rural Radio Network. Speaking of All-Star games, Scott's Bluff is once again going to host the Western Nebraska All-Star Volleyball and Football games. Those are set for Friday night, July 24th. The volleyball match that day will be played at 4 Mountain Time, while the football game will kick off at 7. And Selma Myrna head coach Katie Hovland is the head coach of the East Volleyball Squad, while Corey Rhodey of Maywood Hayes Center is the assistant. In the football game, Jay Stulen of Elm Creek is the head coach for the East. He will be assisted by Jake Harvey of Lexington, Brendan Johnson of Alma, and Matt Berry of McCook. And uh, we'll have the football game that night. Now in the past, this has always been played on a Saturday, this year Friday.
0: Was there a reason for the the change in I think days?
2: COVID-related, so of course it is. Yeah, of course it is. I don't know the answer path. to that, but uh, we'll have the feed of that one from our friends at KNB later on this month. Husker football team picked up some good news over the weekend as Latrell Neville, a highly regarded receiver out of Missouri City, Texas, announced his plan to sign with the Huskers. Six foot three, one hundred and ninety-five pounder, he's considered to be a three-star or a four-star recruit. And Well, he's uh, in high demand. He had more than 40 offers, including those from the likes of Missouri, West Virginia, and Florida. Just a verbal. Doesn't mean much. He hasn't been to Lincoln yet
0: uh, to visit, but... You almost have to wait for them to step foot on campus before you get too excited. Just because they change their mind a lot, and, and that's fine, but you just can't get ahead of yourself. Especially this year. Because no one's been able to visit. So,
2: but apparently they're doing a wonderful job with those virtual tours that Nebraska Athletics is uh, offering up as they try to recruit the kids. And much deserved honor here. UNK head volleyball coach Rick Squires has been named the Omaha World Herald's Midlands Women's Coach of the Year. Of course, last year the Lopers went 38 and 1 and finished as the NCAA Division II Mm. National
0: runner-up. Congratulations, Dan. If
2: they hadn't given it to him, there should have been an investigation <laughs> for the season that Rick and the ladies had last year.
0: And should be good again next year this upcoming fall if you have a season, right? They, sh- they should. If there's all a right. year
2: uh, blue and gold, they're going to be right there.
0: And we'll have it all on the river as well. Very good. We will. For
2: more, find it anytime at krvn.com. Thank you
0: very much.
7: Coming up tonight on Sports Nightly, we'll recap all the weekend highlights, including our weekend winners. That's coming your way tonight here on Sports Nightly. Listen to Sports Nightly on 880 KRVN, 106.9 FM Kearney, and 98.5 FM Grand Island. Around 6 p.m. on July 5th, a deputy with York County Sheriff's Office conducted a traffic stop on an SUV for a traffic violation on Interstate 80. The vehicle is driven by Nicholas Vance from Florida. Based on multiple indicators of criminal activity, the deputy deployed his police service dog on the vehicle. The service dog, named Loki, alerted and indicated to the odor of a controlled substance. Members of the York-Seward County Interdiction Task Force had the vehicle towed to conduct a more thorough search. Deputies identified a false floor in the vehicle containing around 100 pounds of marijuana the driver and sole occupant of the vehicle denied knowledge of the false floor and the contents in it. He was transported to the York County Correction Center and charged with trafficking marijuana and firearms charges. Tracy Detliffs, the trauma outreach coordinator at CHI Health Good Samaritan in Kearney, offers these tips to be safe around the water.
1: We have to remember that a drowning can be silent. In real life there is very little splashing, waving or screaming. Always keep your eyes on kids when they're in and around the water. A drowning can be quick. Once a child begins to struggle, parents may have less than a minute to react. Keep your kids within arm's reach of an adult at all times. Even older children and adults should swim with a partner. Always stay alert and assign a water watcher so everyone is clear who's watching the water with the kids at any given time.
7: That list also says a drowning is a leading cause of death for children 1 through 4 where they are more likely to drown in a pool, and the second leading cause for kids ages 5 to 14 years of old, where they are more likely to drown in natural waters like lakes, ponds, or rivers. Country music firebrand and fiddler Charlie Daniels, who had a hit with Devil Went Down to Georgia, has died at age 83. A statement from his publicist says he died Monday at a hospital in Hermitage, Tennessee, after doctors said he had a stroke. A federal judge has ordered the Dakota Access Pipeline shut down pending more thorough environmental review. The ruling hands a victory to the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe three years after the pipeline first began carrying oil following months of protests. The U.S. District Judge wrote that he was mindful of the disruption that shutting down the pipeline would cause, but that it must be done within 30 days. On the Rural Radio Network, I'm Dave Schroeder.
1: After almost 40 years working for the University of Nebraska-Lincoln and almost 30 years delivering a weekly Hay and Forage Minute, Bruce Anderson is taking off that cap and headed to retirement. Good afternoon, I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Over the years, I've had the opportunity to do interviews with Bruce Anderson as he talked about the importance of hay and forage and what it meant to Nebraskans. What you might not know is the Hay and Forage Minute originally started on KRVN. In our discussion, I asked him about doing this show and what it's meant to him.
8: Well, I guess there's a couple things that kind of all came together at the same time. I'd already been at the university for something like about 10 years working here. And over that time, one of the real glaring things that was noticeable was all of the promotions and ads and advice that would be over radio and television for all the other crops, but you'd never hear anything for alfalfa, for hay, for pasture, anything like that. And so uh, it was pretty obvious that uh, there was an opportunity to, to get some information out that we thought uh, people could also use. Then, uh, about at the same time, uh, I was working with uh, uh, various uh, uh, seed companies and, and other organizations doing programs for producers around the state, and one of them uh, came up and started discussing whether or not there was some way they could help uh, uh, promote the forage industry and the pastures and, and hay crops a little bit and as we were discussing things of course one of the options that uh, we thought of was uh, putting together some type of a ongoing radio program and uh, uh, at that point uh, that kind of got them excited of of taking a, a radio program being the sponsor of a radio program where they could both uh, support uh, the industry as well as gain some uh, uh uh, identification themselves as, as a company that would have some of the products that could be used that way and, and they went then themselves to KRVN to discuss the possibilities and, uh, uh, fortunately KRVN was very, uh, receptive to the idea and, uh, uh, before we knew it, the Hay and Forge Minute was born, uh, and, uh, ever since then, uh, for, for a good uh, almost 30 years, uh, we've kept uh, having it on there and it has expanded uh, to other stations and uh, hopefully has been useful for producers.
1: What has been your favorite part about producing this program weekly? Oh,
8: that's a good good question. I, I guess my, f- my favorite part might be uh, whenever I... Through uh, an email message or a phone message or even face-to-face, I talk to a producer and they they tell me that they they heard it and even more importantly that they uh, were able to use something uh, to benefit their operation. I think those are the, the kinds of feedback that really make me feel like the effort is worthwhile and people are benefiting from it.
1: What about your favorite subject that you've maybe talked about, research, or, or something new that was happening for the hay and forage industry that you were able to share through the program?
8: Well, that's, that's kind of a, a difficult one. There's a lot of things that uh, when we can find something new that's an op- opportunity for people. You know, every once in a while there's been a, a new herbicide uh, uh, or, or pesticide that has... Uh, come in that uh, can provide some some assistance in problems for various producers. Uh, maybe maybe the things though that I think have have had the most uh, I think excitement are are some of the changes that have been going on, Susan, with uh, more intensified grazing management activities. Now, when I first came here uh, uh, 40 years ago. Uh, Oftentimes, we didn't see any rotational grazing at all. Pastures weren't subdivided. Uh, you know, grazing lands maybe grazed continuously throughout the year, or, or there were very simple uh, two or three paddock type of uh, rotations going on. Uh, but uh, in the 80s, uh, there got to be some, some excitement going on because of some of the cell grazing uh, activities that were being promoted uh, by Alan Savory and others from, uh, overseas, South Africa and other areas. And, and that has all kind of, uh, uh, grown and more sophisticated or, or maybe, uh, more, I, identifiable types of uh, grazing methods have been developed even going as far as the mob grazing where we may only graze for uh, two or three uh, 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 hours in one spot and then end up moving animals to another spot because we put such a high stock density in one area and identifying how the different types of systems may be beneficial under different circumstances. So I think all of those types of things may may have been some of the more exciting and, and maybe had the most contribution towards improvements in the overall forage industry within uh, uh, Nebraska and neighboring states.
1: And just to think of the impact that Dr. Bruce Anderson has made on the livestock industry with his weekly Hay and Forage Minute. By the way, it will continue just a little revamping. Happy retirement, Bruce. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network.
3: With the business report, I'm Bob Brogan. Wall Street is joining a worldwide upswell for markets as stocks push higher on hopes that the economy can continue its turnaround despite all the challenges ahead of it. The S&P 500 was 1.4% higher in midday trading following up on similar gains in Europe and Asia. Deal-making helped lift shares of Uber and Berkshire Hathaway, while Treasury yields climbed after economic reports showed improvements in the United States and Europe. A federal judge has ordered the Dakota Access Pipeline to shut down until more environmental review is done. The pipeline has been carrying oil for three years. But a federal judge said in April that the pipeline remains highly controversial under federal environmental law, And a more extensive review is necessary than the environmental assessment that was done. The judge writing today that even though the disruption will be significant, he's concluded the pipeline must be shut down. The Supreme Court has upheld a 1991 law that bars robocalls to cell phones. The case was argued by telephone in May because of the coronavirus pandemic. It only arose after Congress in 2015 created an exception in the law that allows the automated calls for collection of government debt. Political consultants and pollsters were among those asking the Supreme Court to strike down the 1991 law that bars them from making robocalls to cell phones as a violation of their free speech rights under the Constitution. Uber says it has acquired the food delivery company Postmates In a $2.65 billion all-stock deal, the deal helps Uber and its Uber Eats food delivery division pick up some ground against industry leader DoorDash, which controls about 37% of the U.S. food delivery market. That's compared with Uber Eats' 20% share before the Postmates deal. Grubhub holds around 30%. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob Rowe. KRVN, 93.1 The River, and Cami have always
9: blazed new trails. This year is no different. We're giving you a chance to win a brand new Chevrolet Blazer. And not just any Blazer, a 2020 Blazer loaded with extra details like tinted windows and a custom paint job. For your first look, go to KRVN.com and check it out. Be listening because we'll be giving more details on how you can get registered to win the Blazer this fall. We are blazing new trails thanks to these partners Eustis Body Shop, Eustis, Cozad, Lexington, Kearney, Grand Island, and Lincoln, Heartland Chevrolet and Buick, Lexington, Nutrient Ag Solutions, Suretop Angus and Charlet, Farnham, Cornerstone Bank, member FDIC, with 43 locations serving Nebraska Central Valley Irrigation, Holdridge, Lexington, Kearney, Nebraska Land, Kansas Land, Colorado Land Tire Group, and Lexington Regional Health Center.
1: President Trump addressing not only farm broadcasters, but farmers across the United States about the work that they continue to do for America. Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. During a White House address, the president talked first about COVID-19.
10: As our country battles the plague from China, we rely on our farmers, ranchers and growers to ensure the safety and security of of our food supply. You heroically continue to work our fields, barns, mills, throughout the crisis. So long as I am President, America will never forget that the American farmer is essential to our economy, our culture, and our way of life. From day one, my administration has been fighting for the American farmers like never before. In response to the virus, I approved up to $16 billion in direct cash payments through the Coronavirus Food Assistance Program, And over $3 billion for the newly created Farmers to Families Food Box Program. It's been very successful. So far, more than 20 million boxes have been delivered to 3,200 charities nationwide. I also approved over $670 billion for the Paycheck Protection Program to save small businesses. So important and so important to you and me both.
1: The president went on to talk about regulatory relief for those in ag.
10: We repealed and replaced the disastrous waters of the U.S. rule that allowed federal bureaucrats to regulate every ditch, every puddle, and every pond on your land. Your land was totally taken away from you. But you lasted, you survived, and I set you free. I rescued farmers from the estate tax or the death tax, helping to keep family farms in the family. People would inherit their farm, They'd go out and borrow a lot of money to pay the estate tax. They wouldn't be able to make the payments and the family would lose their farm. You don't have to worry about that anymore. The death tax is now gone. My administration has pioneered rural broadband projects worth nearly $2 billion that will bring faster and better internet to 350,000 households in rural America. Something that would have never happened with the Democrats. They still can't believe we pulled it off. We approved over $15 billion in disaster relief to help farmers affected by floods, fires, and acts of nature that were out of their control. I signed a massive farm bill that improved agricultural programs and increased the amount of money that farmers can borrow. You can now go out and borrow much more than you were able to, and the rates you get
1: are spectacular. And he also talked about the importance of market access. I've
10: taken historic action to pry open foreign markets and knock down unjust barriers to American goods. Last year, Europe agreed to increase beef imports by 180% and Japan agreed to eliminate or reduce tariffs on over $7 billion of U.S. food and agricultural products. Japan will be purchasing $40 billion worth of your product. South Korea agreed to give our rice and poultry farmers access to their markets worth hundreds of millions of dollars a year, something that nobody thought we could get from South Korea. We've also delivered wins for potato farmers in Idaho, citrus farmers in Florida, Cattlemen in Texas, wine growers in California, and apple growers in Oregon. My administration replaced NAFTA, very importantly, one of the worst deals ever made in the history of trade, with the landmark trade deal, USMCA,
1: that's United States, Mexico, and Canada. Those comments this morning from President Trump. I'm Susan Littlefield from Radio Network.
5: Patton on the World Radio Network as we take a closer look at the closing grain markets with John Payne, senior marketing analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago, publisher of the daily newsletter this week in grain. And John, coming here into the close, pretty strong across the board. Is this more of a weather-driven rally, or are we still just trying to kind of find out where these funds want to be?
11: Uh, I think short covering is certainly a big part of it, especially in the soybean side. You know, I think that's where, where there's real concern. Uh, and that 's where if you 're when I give a webinar or I give a converse, you know presentation I always say it 's hard when it 's hard to sell it you know you 're doing it right feels even though we 're cheap here at nine o five still feels like maybe a spy you want to look to to price a little bit of it the, the you know we, we covered the gap almost perfectly that was left from from kind of the breakdown uh, when the coronavirus happened, and now it 's really you know challenging the highs that we 're going to see from the spring so um or the winter rather so you know, we've got a lot of supply in South America to move through, and then there's more acres down here. So I, I don't think you want to get too bullish here. I, I would imagine on the corn side, you know, there's uh, there's certainly a lot less, more bearishness to talk about. But on the bean side, while I say you don't want to get bullish, it's hard to want to sell it, just given the uh, you know, given that the supplies are going to be so much lower if the yield isn't there. So it makes it harder.
5: You know, when you look at these export numbers and you see Brazil now nearly doubling what they did last June in terms of their monthly export numbers, this has got to wane a little bit as we continue to look at productions and probably our carryouts continuing to grow here in the U.S.
11: Yeah, and it's it's like year to catch twenty two, and especially you know this rally is giving you a chance here, not just on this year's crop, but maybe some, get some sales on for next year if these conditions would stay. Um, but there's still so much unknown. I mean, if, if there's no government intervention or no government help, I don't know what the acreage is. But if the government's around to pay out like they have the last couple of years, you're going to see a lot of corn acres going on the ground next year as well. Um, you know, as are, as will soybeans. You know, we're not going to be able to cut enough to really get the carryover to fall. You know, back to one seven, one eight, with, with unless you see a disaster crop year. Um, we need you know eighty million acres of corn and seventy eight to you know, 85 million acres of beans, not 90. So, again, these these next couple of weeks might be your good, good place to sell some new crop corn for next year. Price it in or do some sort of hedge just to make sure that, you know, if the election doesn't happen a certain way if China isn't around. I mean, there's just so many bad things that can happen, I think, or unknowns, rather. And if you, you know, go put option route, you're not really going to cut yourself off too much, but you've taken some of the uncertainty away.
5: Again, John Payne with Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago. Learn more at danielzagmarketing.com. Do remember, though, trading futures and options involves risk of loss and may not be suitable for all investors. Do consider these risks before investing. We're going to close with mostly green across the screen. Some light selling and deferred oak contracts in the July Chicago wheat, a half lower.
0: All right, thank you very much, Clay. Well, that will wrap up today's midday program. As always, if you miss anything or any of the interviews, you can listen to our midday podcast. Available on iTunes or krvn.com. Our midday podcast is sponsored by Divini Motor.
8: Howdy folks, this is Rick from Divini Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and McCook. When you're ready to buy a new vehicle, expect that our hard-working, experienced staff will treat you just like family. Go to com today. And remember, it's not a deal until it's a Divini deal.